0: Welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast, a weekly show where we bring you interviews and in-the-weeds expertise from today's B2B experts and thought leaders. You can see more about today's episode and guests by visiting our website at leadersofb2b.com. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. At Content Allies, we turn you and your organization into industry thought leaders. We interview you and your leadership team and then turn those interviews into articles, white papers, videos, podcasts, and social content. Learn more and say hello at contentallies.com. All right, Ben, thank you for coming on the show today. Super excited to have you here. And for anyone in the audience who doesn't know who you are or what Breezeway is, can you give us the maybe 60-second overview of what is Breezeway and what is your role at the company?
1: Yeah. Thanks, Jake. I'm excited to be on the show. My name is, is Ben Fern, and I'm the director of marketing at a software startup called Breezeway. You know, we describe ourselves as a property operations and service platform that helps vacation rental property managers coordinate and communicate the work they do. So you know, let me give you an oversimplified example. Let's say you decide to rent a vacation home for the weekend and you're checking out just a few hours before the next guest checks in. You know at minimum that manager or host needs to clean and prepare the property before the next guest's arrival. So right, the, the guest can't walk in and find dirty dishes, use sheets, an empty wine bottle. You know, we're in the hospitality industry, they'll get a terrible first impression and then likely leave a one star review. So if we apply this example to a property manager with say tens, hundreds or even thousands of units. You know, coordinating the back office functions like cleans, inspections, and maintenance repairs becomes a huge overhaul. So if you throw in the fact that vacation rentals are a very unique space, you know no two are the same, um, and often they're spread out around different locations, and you're dealing with two different sets of clientele, guests and owners. You know running your business is, is tough to do without purpose built tools, and so that's where uh, we come in and help. So you know we help the managers with task scheduling, making sure the right job is assigned to the right person, quality assurance. You know, we have mobile checklists and apps so that property care can be done in compliance with that company's standards, work coordination, you know, having visibility into the status of your teams and what they're doing and triaging issues, um, owner reporting, some safety certifications and more. So that's the breezeway spiel. Nice. That is, um.
0: that is awesome. And it's, Super cool problems. I'm excited to, to dive more into that. And um, and how
1: long have you been here with the company? So I joined the company in um, April of 2018. So you know, th- almost three years going on ten or whatever that whatever that startup. Is <laughs> um, yeah, I finished uh, when I finished undergrad. I started my career at uh, Ernst and Young in their quantitative finance consulting group. We had about 150 folks. Um, tasked with building and validating econometric models for uh, commercial and investment banks, so really kind of uh, high quant, nerdy, nerdy stuff, things like derivative valuation and stress testing. And after about two and a half years, I realized I uh, I am certainly no hard, you know, hardcore quant, and I kind of found myself gravitating towards um, tech and entrepreneurship. You know, I was just reading books. Uh, any any startup book I could get my hands on. I ended up moving from Washington D.C. to New York City uh, and joined a Series B funded SaaS company there called Ticket Manager. Now, their model was you know, they had this platform that helped Fortune 500 companies that got you know thousands of tickets through sponsorships. Think of like American Express, Coca Cola, those massive companies you see their logos everywhere on. On sports jerseys and stadiums, help them manage, allocate, and report on all those those tickets. So, you know, I think the catch was forty percent of corporate corporate tickets go uh, unused, and so you know, ticket manager helped um, increase increase that number. I ended up I had a demand generation role, and after about a year and a half, I ended up leaving and moving to Boston for both you know personal and professional reasons. Uh, a mentor of mine actually introduced me to Jeremy Gall, who is our founder and CEO. Um, Jeremy is a a serial entrepreneur who previously started a company called Flipkey, which was a vacation rental marketplace and and guest review site. Um, And he sold the business to to TripAdvisor in 2013. And over that that span of time working with these property managers, he kind of saw this shift um, firsthand uh, of pain points go from marketing your vacation rental property to actually coordinating the operations. Um, I, I remember my first few meetings with him. Uh, I found his vision for the company really compelling, and um, you know clearly he was a proven proven operator. And I kind of figured, okay, joining Breezeway as you know the third employee and first marketing hire um, with a seasoned founder would really give me the opportunity and environment to cut my teeth learn how to set up all the programs, learn how to test, learn how to scale uh, scale a SaaS business. So, you know, fast forward two and a half years, we're um, probably just shy of 30 30 employees. And, um, you know, we've raised a little bit of money as well over a few rounds. So it's, you know, it's all systems go.
0: Nice. That sounds like quite the journey and an awesome opportunity to get in on that Early stage as well. Um, that's yeah, it sounds like, like clearly with quite the amount of growth that you guys have already had here in those first couple of years. Mm. And and so I'm curious, you know, with kind of what you guys are doing here. It's I definitely kind of see that problem and this vacation rental, I imagine, with the whole world of Airbnb and everything also, it mm-hmm. just exploded. And I feel like there's almost more people like I feel like I stay in more vacation rentals these days than I do in uh, hotels. And and um and I'm curious maybe uh, um like how is like this kind of industry shifting or like, how is that kind of all playing into, um, or maybe what are the industry shifts that are happening? And then how is that playing into your guys kind of position as a company?
1: Yeah, and and that's part of the exciting thing of the job. There are so many kind of competing dynamics and trends within hospitality, within vacation rentals um, that are all happening at the same time. So even before COVID and the pandemic, which accelerated a lot of existing trends, which I'm happy to chat about, Hotel inventory and vacation rentals were kind of converging together. You know, you have all these different property segments like resorts and villas and timeshares and vacation rentals and hotels, and it's becoming increasingly difficult to to identify uh, a property or a unit as one or another. You know, hotels are, they're tried and true, are... Um, is customer service. It's always been a core tenant of hospitality. You know, the, the units, the rooms were more fungible and commodity-based, you know, um, pretty standard. And that's and that's changing. And they kind of covet the unique characteristics uh decor that vacation rentals have. And at the same time, vacation rentals are on the other side of the coin where they're, uh, what makes them so special is the fact that you have this home away from home. You have this, um, beautiful, beautiful, isolated house um, with that's, that welcomes you with with artwork that's you know could be a treehouse, could be a could be a um, uh, an urban apartment. However, service hasn't really traditionally been a part of vacation rentals, so um, more service is being applied, and you got these two inventory, these two inventory types, inventory supply kind of converging together. That's you know, and that that's one theme that's very much. Uh, plays to our thesis here in Breezeway where, okay, you have this unique property. Now you're trying to offer your guests more service. You're trying to communicate with them more. You're trying to recommend activities and things to do. You're trying to, um, you know, offer them additional services like stay extensions or, in, or mid-stay cleans. Um, you really need to have your operations in order and the correct and smart workflows for internal communication and to make sure your teams are where they, they need to be, so that that guest has uh, an incredible experience. Now, you know, the events of 2020 has accelerated this. Accelerated this in that vacation rentals have become even more of a attractive travel option. You know, we think about vacation rentals are um, more isolated; they're 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 private. You have less traffic, less less people. Going in and out of the property, the average length of stay tends to be uh, tends to be longer. So there are again less less service providers, fewer service providers actually walking in and walking out of the property. Um, so that property category has become more attractive, and hotels are now feeling you know pressure to to march towards vacation rentals. But at the same time, the value proposition of maintaining cleanliness and safety has been has been underscored so that's been one of the exciting and big and biggest challenges here in 2020 is that you know we have these quarantines and travel restrictions and the industry as a whole has you know bookings are down but you know from where we're sitting there has been increased focus already on getting your operations in order and maintaining higher quality cleaner safer properties
0: yeah that's fascinating and i i've seen this trend even um you know recently like a a friend whenever she was like yeah i just every airbnb i i just negotiate um you know midweek cleans if i'm going to stay there for more than a week and it was just like Mm -hmm. oh like and you're just starting to see all these trends where you're like you're saying it is very much um like the lines are blurring there and Mm -hmm. and that creates more operational headaches for the landlords and or the people that are kind of owning the properties, um, and which kind of just creates even more of a demand or a need for the kind of software that you guys are putting together there.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and and so I guess you know what has been you know with a a kind of a tool like this, I guess like what has been kind of the hard part in getting this up and going? Are there? Other existing options or people just doing this, kind of hacking it together? Like, what is kind of the status quo of the market that you guys are going into at this point?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Our, um, In a sense, our main competition are actually our integrated partners, which is, I mean, it kind of sounds funny to say, but part of our solution, we integrate with I want to say 23 PMS systems. So property management systems that help the vacation rental manager with their marketing with the front office stuff. So marketing their property, uh, billing their, billing their owners. um, And it's a complimentary, they do things that are, that are complimentary to us. And these PMS systems have a housekeeping and maintenance um, module, but You know, when you try to do so many things, you can really only go so deep. You know, it's a little bit like the HubSpot Drift example, which are two tools that we actually use um, internally here at Breezeway. And when we started using HubSpot, HubSpot had a chatbot as part of their solution. Um, And, you know, that's Drift's business. And we used it, it was fine. Um, But, you know, Drift's chatbot could just, was so much better. It had so much more functionality and, and it warranted the extra cost it would pay. So that's kind of the that's similar dynamic. And I guess you could say the same about you know the fragmentation of, of technology across um, you know, across the B two B landscape. But we fit into these PMS systems. We pull over all the, the check ins and checkouts, the reservations, so that the manager uh, on their Breezeway platform they can see, oh, I have a turn on this going on in this day. I need to schedule my cleaner. Um, to go in right when the guest checks out, when the cleaner completes his task, it'll automatically trigger a notification to the inspector to go to the, to go to the property. If any issues arise, the maintenance team is automatically notified. Really, really smart, purpose-built task management um, tools. But getting back to your question, it can be challenging trying to convince a property manager, maybe on the, maybe on the smaller side or one that it maybe isn't as forward thinking, to um, to say, hey, look, you need tools outside of your PMS to run your business. You can't use a one size fits all approach. It's not nearly as customizable, uh, and things will fall through the cracks.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, and that's an interesting kind of, I guess, value proposition to play. And I'm, I'm curious, I guess, kind of what has been your guys' go to market strategy with this. It sounds like you're integrating with all of these partners and everything like that, which I'm imagine leads to some opportunity, but I'm kind of, what has been like the go-to-market or approach that you guys have taken?
1: Yeah. I mean, our, our, our growth strategy, I guess it's, it's a pretty typical kind of SaaS marketing. You know, we view, we, we, we view the marketing team as very much kind of the quarterback of growth. I mean, perhaps that's a biased perspective because I'm the marketing director, but you know, I think if I were to, if I were to kind of look at our responsibilities, acquisition and inbound lead generation is is primary. Uh, And we, you know, we do things like email marketing, digital events has been a a massive part of our strategy, which has been a complete, you know, it's been thrown for a loop this year, obviously, a lot of webinars and virtual events. Um, The affiliate piece, you know, getting our integrated partners to market our solution to their customer base uh, on our behalf has been one of our you know, best performing channels. Um, we dabble with direct mail and and social as well. Um, but I think that I, I it's it's a it's a, a tight knit industry. I wouldn't say it's small. It's growing really quickly. But a lot of managers know each other, and there is this viral component. And so, when you use like an omni channel approach, um, we've found, particularly in the last year, that things really start to stack on top of each other. And our brand and content strategy really is, is highly correl- correlated with the inbound leads that we generate.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's one of these things where it is, yeah, I can totally see that with uh, real estate property managers. And so, like, it really takes them seeing you guys multiple different times, multiple different angles before that that really hits. Is that, is that kind of what you're saying, that different kind of Definitely. channels?
1: Particularly in that one of our persona, persona for, for maybe the larger property managers is they've been in business for a while. Um, the, the owner or director of operations is a little bit more old school and it does take uh, quite a bit of touches, you know, seeing, meeting us at an event and then maybe receiving a gift from us in the mail and being on our regular drip, drip emails and sales reaching out to you and you seeing, you know, a, a, a retargeting ad. Uh, it, it it takes a lot but um you know that's part of the that's part of the challenge and the rewarding aspects of marketing
0: yeah so i want to hit also on the kind of you mentioned the affiliate channel has been one of your best performing channels and this has been a, a trend that seems to show up for a lot of software companies that um, we've talked to where um, these kind of partnership uh distribution opportunities often can be some of the the strongest there and i'm Curious, maybe like, what are kind of some of the pros or cons, or just maybe if you want to share more around, just like how that how that is kind of like unfolded.
1: Yeah, so so like I said, we're we're integrated with you know between twenty and thirty different technologies, um, and uh, we work with them to you know, and they they receive a we have we have revenue share agreements with them, and they are incentivized to say, hey, you know. Breezeway is doing really, really awesome things that can really save you a lot of time and help you deliver a better a better guest experience, you should, you should check them out. And so let's say we integrate with, we forge a new integration, and we actually recently hired um, a head of, of business development. So some of this responsibility, which used to fall in my camp, um, is kind of uh, no longer does, which is b- both good and bad. Um, we will do like a big splash with them. So we'll coordinate a webinar and email. So the partner will send, they'll send an email to their client base, inviting, inviting them to this webinar. They'll do an in-app push notification. Then we'll have the webinar, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, present uh, an educational topic on why property operations tools are gaining steam in the industry how you can benefit from it we'll, we'll show off our our, our we give a quick demo we try to keep it you know not super salesy uh, and then afterwards there'll be a follow-up email we'll equip sales with the attendee list so they can they can reach out uh, and then in addition to that we try to do you know maybe two or three more co-marketing opportunities throughout the year with that one partner you know we do a lot of you um, guest posts on blogs. We've authored, um, you know, some some co-authored some content, things that we're working on for next year as well. Um, so it's definitely a content first approach. And I think as an industry, um, and I don't know how that kind of relates to maybe some other industries out there, but in the vacation rental space, ever since the pandemic, I think the majority of technology solutions are you know leading or flexing their content muscles and trying to support the community that way and offer uh, engaging resources and so we're looking to do that with a bunch of our our partners um it tends to be a take not a ton of resources on our end and it drives a lot of sticky customers and it's also you know worth noting that one plus one one equals three if you use one of our integrated partners and then you use us uh it's going to become a it's going to decrease the likelihood that you're going to churn from either one of those either one of those solutions so um you know the ltv of the customer ends up increasing as a result
0: I love that. and that's a phenomenal point there where it makes a ton of sense where if someone just comes and they sign up just for you and they're not with any of the partners there's just a higher likelihood of them churning than if they're with a partner and with you, like, it's just a simple thing, but it's almost like a customer acquired through an affiliate is probably um, a higher value customer in a sense, um, or has a higher likelihood to be.
1: Definitely, and because they are integrated, their product experience is uh, better, and then they will be more likely to, write, you know, help uh, be featured in a case study or a testimonial or um, refer BreezeWay to other property managers that they know. So there are a lot of kind of downstream benefits of acquiring a property management company through or you know with one of our affiliate partners.
0: Yeah, and so I'm I'm curious. Um... With this, because again, that's like a lot of kind of partnerships I imagine to manage and just mm-hmm. kind of building all of those. um Is that just kind of been one that you've just been slowly adding those over the years and keep rolling that out? Is this kind of a big splash or how is that kind of, um, has that been like a target of saying like, hey, we're bringing on five new integrations and partners mm-hmm. this year. How do you guys kind of roll out a program like that? Because that sounds amazing, but also 23 of those partnerships sounds like, uh, yeah. like <laughs> overwhelming. Well, and, that's,
1: it, and that's something that we noticed and we're, you know, we're kind of formalizing, uh, we formalize a role for this, and we'll probably formalize a department for this. It is a big part of our, um, you know, expansion expansion plan for for the next for the next few years. We were finding that um, a lot. Uh, th- let me let me take a step back. There are a lot of implications when you form a new partnership from a product marketing perspective, from a co marketing perspective, from a um, a a customer marketing perspective, even creating a help guide and making sure that your existing customers who use that solution can be onboarded correctly. I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole work stream and it is a lot of work. I would say we've kind of picked up maybe on average four or five of these partners um, each year. And we haven't done an amazing job of, with the product marketing, with the uh, announcing that to the world. And, you know, that, that's, that's, that's part of the plan to fix that going forward. It's all, it's also, you know, worth noting, and it's a testament to some of the, uh, brand uh, recognition that we're starting to get. The majority of these partnerships were forged by us. We have a mutual customer and the mutual customer either requests it or puts pressure on the partner or, you know, seeds, the idea in their head or the, or we're reaching out to the PMS system, the partner and say, Hey, uh, I think this could really help us acquire stickier customers. It'll be a win-win. But now we're seeing a lot of inbound interest from different technologies out there, which is rewarding. And then when they write to our API endpoints, uh, as opposed to vice versa, it's it's less it's less of a tech of a tech burden for us.
0: Okay, that makes sense. That's fascinating. And and so one of the things I kind of want to hit on with this as well, which you've kind of hit a bit, but um, with marketing, you know, there's a million different tactics you can do. There's a million different approaches you can go. And so I'm curious how you as a head of marketing, like, how do you decide where to prioritize your time? Like, how do you know when to run a test, when to kill something, when, mm. to, when, you know, omni-channel is just, you know, a bunch of wasted time over here, or is that actually being effective because it's hard to measure? Like, how do you kind of think about that as a marketer and where to invest your time and budget and energy?
1: Yeah. And I think eight. Prioritized- campaign prioritization is is one of the hardest uh aspects of the job. You know, I'm, I'm probably going to mess up the, the 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 definitions of the rubric right now, but you know I try to use this ice framework where let's say we have a running list of 10 10 ideas, like we want to start a podcast or we want to host our own summit or we want to you know triple down on our ad roll budget. Whatever it is, you know we'll try to evaluate that idea across the different dimensions. You know, what's the What's the impact of this idea? You know, how many leads could it generate for us? How much, how much revenue could it generate for us? Uh, what's the confidence we have in this idea? Um, is it more of a long shot test, or is it something that's worked in the past and now it's just a matter of kind of pouring fuel on the fire and, and doubling down on that campaign cha- or channel? Um, and then, what's the what's the effort? Is it is it an expensive opportunity? Um, is this a piece of content that we can easily repurpose from something else or is it going to someone's time and, and, you know, a large chunk of the content budget for the, for the month. And then, you know, if you uh, it, I just use an Excel workbook. If you multiply, um, you know, you multiply those grades, those grades from one to five, you can kind of get a directional proxy from, for which campaigns you think can move the needle the most. Uh, And and it's, and it's always a moving target thing. You know, we're still such a, we're a lean and kind of flexible company. Things pop up, priorities change, opportunities, you know, emerge and we have to make a decision quickly. So, you know, we try to, we try to use that as our North Star for prioritization, but again, it's, it's a proxy, it is a North Star and we don't, you know, it's, it's probably disadvantageous if we, if that was truly our DNA and we didn't stray from that path.
0: Yeah, I love that, though. Just having a framework, though, it's something that, you know, sometimes, you know, you may kind of break from it or, you know, go for the long shot idea that, you know, could just pay off big or something. But I like that just I love the ice, the impact of the idea, the confidence you have in it and the effort. Like it's such a simple framework to help you kind of prioritize uh, all the different marketing campaigns and efforts that you can do. It's uh, it's Mm -hmm. phenomenal. Great, like actionable uh, Mm takeaway from there. I love that. Yeah. And. And so I guess, you know, I'm curious for you guys with where you're taking this and like where this industry is going and everything, like what's your kind of vision or where you guys are wanting to take Breezeway as a company?
1: Yeah, I mean, our, you know, our mission is to, our mission is to power the future of how property is cared for and how, how guests and and clients are are serviced. Um, One of our recent product launches um, was this, this messaging tool that we had. Uh, that we have, that allowed managers to programmatically communicate, you know, two-way communication with guests at various parts during their stay, you know. So, for example, post-booking, you can you message the guest, you know, sending them uh, contactless check-in instructions, and reinforcing that you're really excited to to host them. And then after they check in, you can check in on them. Uh, And then halfway through, you can ask them, uh, you could provide a a recommendation or concierge or an an in-stay clean. And then after you check out, you can message them asking for a review or feedback. And I think it's very much core to our thesis that guest messaging and guest communication is an operational responsibility. It's not a marketing responsibility and uh, symptomatic of your communication with your guests become, uh, beget operational tasks. Let's say that a guest, you know, responds to one of these messages and say, actually, you know, the handle on the dishwasher looks broken and is about to, is is about to fall off. Well, you know, our technology can then create a maintenance task, notify the maintenance team of that property manager. They can go fix the task. And once the task, once the task is complete, it sends an automatic notification notification to the guest, um, you know, sending them the status update. So I, I think the future of this industry is going it- it- in part uh, in part is predicated on more service and deepening your offerings to guests. And I'm excited that we are going to uh, double down on, on, on this tool and, 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 kind of re reinforce and, and continue to develop our, our messaging tool. One one cool thing that we recently released is revolves around stay extensions. So let's say that your guest is checking out on a Saturday and the next guest at that property isn't checking in until Monday. Well then Sunday is kind of a lost day. You're not making any revenue on that day. And so this functionality automatically sends an offer to both the existing guest and the new guest and says, "Hey, do you want to extend your stay by one day?" And then to the new guest, "Hey, do you want to come early for a day at fifty percent off?" And whichever whichever offer is accepted first, you know the tech will then adjust the adjust the reservation. So that's where this industry is going. It's it's more service. It's it's more communication, and it ultimately is it's doing more for your guests so that they have a, a VIP experience whenever they stay at a vacation rental property.
0: Yeah, I love that it's, um, and it, it blows my mind because I i have done a lot of traveling. I've stayed in a ton of Airbnbs and and it's, it's, a, it's just always, I feel like it's a rarity to have a great experience
1: and it, it shouldn't is. be.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. like, as an entrepreneur, I just sit there and I'm like, I don't understand like how you don't just systematize everything and just like have this thing running like clockwork and like, yeah. you're just like, but there's so many property managers out there that it's just like, they're just scrambling.
1: Yeah. And and part of it, totally, totally. And part of it is that the traveler persona is changing, you know, millennials are, are traveling more and we're so used to ordering food through our app and ordering a ride through our app. And we translate those expectations, uh, over to when we stay at a property, you know, we want things yesterday and we want them done the right way. And, uh, there's very, very little room for error.
0: Yeah. I love that. And so it's, Very fascinating and awesome to hear kind of the the vision that you guys have. Um, And so I'm curious, you know, for you, for other, say, um, you know, marketers who are wanting to kind of uh, move up the ranks, like, you know, end up in a position like where you're at, where you're, you know, director of marketing at this rapidly growing company, what advice do you have for others who are on their career journey um, that are, you know, maybe earlier in the path getting started?
1: Mm. Uh, I would say first and foremost, find find a company and a founder that you can see yourself growing with. Um, I think that, uh, the fit uh, is is so important to your personal growth at the company. Um, and then once you get into that role, you know, marketing is such a, uh, has such a wide scope of work. You know, you could, you know, whether it's content creation, performance marketing, product marketing, email marketing, social brand, whatever it is, you know, find, find your niche, find what you enjoy working on and become a subject matter expert at that because uh, you will be, Happier at your job that way, and you will learn a lot that way, and you'll add more value that way. Uh, and then, and then also try to carve some time to uh, test things, uh, try new opportunities. Don't don't get stuck in the same playbook over and over again. Reserve some time to just try new wacky ideas because you never know what'll what'll stick, and you'll let, never know what'll become uh, kind of a mini growth engine uh, uh, at your company.
0: Yeah. That's a phenomenal advice. And I think that that's the hard part. I was even um, talking to one of the my team members who's kind of turning into a director of marketing at our company. And, and it's just an interesting thing because yeah, there's so many skills you have to learn. And I'm curious how you think about that. I love your kind of approach and like niche, get good at one thing, but I guess like, are you constantly just like, okay, I got to learn this other channel and you start to kind of explore there. Like how deep do you go into each one of those skill sets as like a director of marketing? Like, are you kind of, learning the basics and then trying to hire people to support in there like how deep do you go into like you know paid ads versus affiliates versus you know direct mail versus cold email like all the million things you could go super deep on
1: yeah it's a great question and i think delegation whether it's to someone on your team or uh an outside vendor is one of the hardest things to get comfortable with and to know when to do um i i think if you're, if, you're the, if you're leading the department and you're setting up the sprint and managing everyone's workflow and reviewing everyone's work, you need to have basic understanding and um, y- you need to know you need to know each campaign type, each channel, and you need to understand how to measure the performance for that campaign and what the threshold is for is it successful, do we kill this, et cetera. Um, that being said, like going back to the quarterback example, you you need to rely on other, you need to rely on other people. It it doesn't really do anyone good if you try to become an expert at everything because you're going to spread yourself too thin. I think knowing when to fill the gaps, depending on how many people are on your, your team. I mean, for example, we have a really lean team. We have three people in the marketing department and we have pretty lofty goals. It would just be unreasonable to expect that we would do everything ourselves. So, you know, using right now, for example, uh, we have a PR team that we use. We have a video production vendor we're working with to create a video. I think we got two or three different design freelancers working on uh, various content. We have a technical web development team. And honestly I, I'm, I'm, pro- I'm probably missing a few. Um, but the beauty of that is then you hire these experts and, and you learn from them. And then it's like this cycle that your knowledge on that on that subject, Um, becomes better and sharper. And then the next person you work with, you'll be able to kind of steer the project and have more confidence, um, you know, pushing, executing and pushing that project to completion.
0: Nice. I love that. That's awesome advice. Um, Well, Ben, this has been phenomenal. I appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Um, For anyone that wants to find out more about you or Breezeway and what you guys are doing online, uh, where would you recommend to go?
1: Yeah, check out our website, Uh, Breezeway.io. I'm on LinkedIn, Ben Fern, happy to connect and... Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I appreciate you having me on the show. I, I enjoyed the the chat as well, and I look forward to following your podcast.
0: Awesome. Thanks for coming on here, Ben. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find links and show notes from today's episode at leadersofb2b.com.